This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Unschooling Scholars. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, and this is episode seven of Unschooling Scholars. Um, so thanks you all for joining. Um, and we actually had a change of plans tonight. Um, I just got a text message from Emily. Uh, she was going to be the guest on tonight, but uh, she said she's coming down with a migraine, so we had to reschedule. So um, you know, God's just going to lead this and we're just going to roll with it because that's how things happen. So um, we got a couple of things I'd like to talk about tonight. But before we get started, I'll just go ahead and open us in a quick prayer. So if you would, please just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you humbly tonight to thank you so very much for all the blessings that we have in our life, Lord, um, for all the wonderful people that you've you've put in our lives and and just all the good that we have. I know that we're surrounded by a lot of bad, but I think we need to spend more time focusing on the good, focusing on your son, Jesus, who who died for us and, and all the sacrifices that he gave for us. So Lord, we, we just come to you to thank you. Um, and we just ask that you protect us and guide us and, and just continue giving us the courage and the strength to to make it through these trying times, Lord. Um, and for those who, uh, like Emily, are not feeling well today, Lord, we just ask that you please be with them uh, and help heal them. And in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So good evening, everybody. Thanks again for joining. Um, this is seriously one of my favorite days of the week. When I first started this whole podcast, I was nervous, you know, and sometimes I still get, you know, like, oh, goodness, you know, what am I going to do, especially like tonight having to uh, just adjust course. Um, but you know, it's like, I truly, I've learned to listen to God and just the things that he puts on my heart. And I know that, um, he does everything for a reason. You know, it doesn't always make sense at the time. Um, but when you, you let God take that wheel, uh, it's amazing to just see the beauty that comes out of all of it. And, uh, I was telling Matt, I was like, you know, what are we going to do tonight? We had a couple of minutes just to figure this out. And he's like, don't worry. You know, he's he's my Clyde and I'm the Bonnie over here. You know, <laughs> he's, he's just always here with me. And, and I truly am so thankful for him. Uh, I don't know what I do without him. 22 long years. You know, no, just keep making cookies like that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cookies. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure some of you heard my Nephilim cookies. Um, we did the Midwest meetup. Um, with Jamie and Mary and uh, just a couple other people in the Midwest. That was back in what, October? Yeah. 
And these cookies are humongous and they're amazing. They're so good. Um, and those of you that listen to Bards, you may have heard Scott talk about the Nephilims. I sent him some and, and they're big. They're really big cookies. Anyways, so I baked these cookies back in October and I'm cleaning out the bottom of the pantry today. And uh, I found some of the cookies that I had baked from October and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, and I vacuum sealed them just to try to, you know, preserve them a little bit. And so I'm like, Matt, Mr. Ironclad Stomach, can you just open these up and see if they're any good? And so now he's eating one right now. I mean, they're still good. You know, I'm like, hey, maybe we, we discovered the, the key to surviving the apocalypse here. These Nephilim cookies. I don't know. But he's over here smacking on them. So if you hear the crunch, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, I guess, you know, we're just like I said, we're just going to roll with it tonight. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit about our week, how it started out and on Monday. Um well, we went to Wisconsin Dells last week, and that was so much fun. The kids had a really great time, and it was nice just kind of getting away, you know, breaking up the monogamy of, of winter here in dreaded Illinois. Uh, and we had sun for four days, and it was beautiful, and the kids had fun, and I even went down the water slide with them, and which I don't like doing the water in the winter. Even though it's warm inside, I'm just like, you know, no, I'm going to freeze. But we did it, and we had fun, and uh so then we came home, and of course, we had all the crazy uh, chemtrails, and then we had a really crazy storm yesterday, but Monday was beautiful. Mm, Biden. Yeah. Oh, Biden. <laughs> oh, let's not even get started on that. Um, so, so yeah, we had a beautiful day on Monday, and we took the kids out hiking. We had a field trip, and we found um, just a new trail to, to hike on, and it was still a little muddy. Yeah. But... It was still nice, you know, and the kids were complaining, like, oh, my shoes are muddy. And I'm like, you guys, it's all right. We can wash them. And uh, watch hawks fight. Yeah, there was three hawks out there and they were fighting. And our oldest, Caden, he loves animals he, and birds. He watches birds and he's got a couple of bird books and uh, his papa bought him some binoculars. And so he brought those with. And Matt, he could just see off in the distance. There were these, what were they? Hawks or yeah, hawks. hawks? And, um, what were they? They were fighting. Miss territory. Yeah. And so Caden's over here with his binoculars and checking it out and, and just truly enjoying nature. You know, I think that's one of the best things that I found with homeschooling is that you get to go out and truly enjoy all of God's beauty, all of his creation. And even something like that, you see some hawks fighting and um, there's still beauty in it. You know, you see that they're territorial and um, just to see them in the sky, it's not something you see every day. You know, but um, just to truly learn, you know, you get to see them up close and personal. It's not like you're watching a movie or seeing them in a book and, and just being out there and exploring nature, even with the mud. You know, we saw different tracks. We saw uh, some deer tracks and we saw some Horse. horses. Yeah, yeah, the horseshoes. And I was like, look at guys, you know, this is kind of survival skills, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and what were you telling them about? Um, survival being out there. What were you telling Caden? Hmm. Oh, we were just talking about different scenarios. No, you're telling about something about a stride. Oh, you're in the military and you're doing distances. You uh, track your stride and that gives you a, uh, uh, a distance calculator pretty much. So what would, like, how would that help you? Hmm. So if you know your normal gait and you can get, figure out how much, you know, me and a cookie. I'm sorry. Can't stop. It's horrible. Um, but no, if you figure out your stride, uh, typically in the military, 
So then the, that way we know how, how far we walked. So if it's been three miles, four miles, which is pertinent whenever you're moving through terrain and you're having to communicate with other individuals and giving them a sense of direction and, you know, being able to say, Hey, I moved, you know, two or three miles up. They can kind of get a sense of, you know, where you're at. And you can also know how far you've traveled as well. Matt, swallow that cookie, bro. <laughs> Thank you. It just keeps eating more. Um, wonderful. No, but when we were out there, we were, so we didn't, we never did this trail before. And so I was just like, you know, it's a nice day. We had our hoodies on and, you know, we were ready to go. And I knew like where I had parked, um, we were facing the sun. So I knew which direction we were going. And I'm like, we just got to head towards the sun. And so we ended up doing this big, huge circle. And the kids are like, mom, I think we're lost. And I'm like, the first thing, you know, you don't panic, which my daughter, Olivia, she gets nervous about everything. She's the worry wart. And so I was like, don't worry, we're, we're going to be fine. And so here comes Matt, you know, I'm like trying to teach these kids these survival skills and how to get back. And he pulls out his phone with a GPS. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, we're supposed to be out here figuring out how to get back. That's the whole purpose. Well, to give you that, I mean, it was still, my phone was still on from when we took directions to get there. Right. But, you know, teaching the kids, how, how do we deal with out electronics? How do, you know, being out in the wilderness and, you know, Bryson, he had his water bottle. He's always, he's the thinker. Like he knows bring a water. And then Sophia had French fries. She had to bring her fries. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's, they know things like that. Like we may get lost. So bring some water. That's, you know, something really good to teach your kids. Um, you know, I always have a water bottle on me because you just never know what happens. And being in Illinois, um, I always bring like a blanket or an extra jacket or something in case the car ever breaks down. You know, just thinking things like that, you know, you pay attention to your surroundings and what kind of weather we're having. And in Illinois, like I said, it was 50 degrees and sunny uh, on Monday. Yesterday, we had severe winds and thunderstorms. Today. And today it's like 20 degrees and we're going to have snow tomorrow. So you can't really, like, you really got to check the weather in Illinois. You know, it's just, it's crazy. We never know. Are we wearing flip-flops today? Are we wearing snow boots? Like, what is going on? So, um, yeah, just being out there in nature, that was a lot of fun. And then today um, we were prepping. We did some um, uh, flour. I had the kids teaching them how to use the vacuum sealer, and I had flour all over my table. But you know what? Part of this beauty is making messes. You know, the kids, they had to learn, um, you know, how to clean up after themselves. But we were, I was teaching them how to, you know, preserve, like I was talking about the cookies, vacuum sealing them and, um, you know, making food last longer for prepping because we don't know what's coming. Um, and so teaching them those kinds of skills are important too, how we preserve food and, you know, uh, it's not really when you do flour. I don't know if you've ever vacuum sealed flour before. It's it does make a mess on the machine um, because it's so light, you know, and it's uh, liquid too. Liquid is really hard to do. Um, but you know, I, I teach them you have to flatten the bag and you got to seal it and we'll double seal it. Um, but it it'll last a long time. And so you know they know they've known for a long time um, how to prep. And in what we're getting ready for, when we first started prepping, Matt looked at me like I was crazy. And the kids are like, Mom, what are you doing? And now they get it. So, you know, having them be a part of that, that's part of our, our homeschooling. We're teaching them how to prep uh, when we start planting soon um, and we harvest the vegetables, you know, how we can, um, you know, 
put them in the, the mason jars and, you know, uh, freeze some of them and you can freeze dry. There's just so many different ways of preservation. So that's more of the fall. And the older they get, the more they're actually understanding. So um, it, that's been a lot of fun with them. Um, so sometimes they're like, oh, would you rather do like schoolwork like in your book or do you want to help mom? <laughs> so they're like, okay. Sold. <laughs> Oh goodness! So yeah, that was that was our day today. You know, when they're upstairs reading, Grayson, um, he's reading to the littlest one, and they've got a really good relationship. They, uh, you know, they're really close. And so Grayson's like, "Mom, can I read to Finn?" And I was like, "Of course." He doesn't realize that while he's learning, you know, to read, he's also teaching her because she's watching him read. And so, you know, it's kind of like follow the leader and. Um, it's just really nice to watch them bond and, and to learn and grow together. So, um, you know, that's just things you don't do in regular school, you know, I mean, you get to make friends, but you know, it's like the bond between siblings is just, you know, something that you can't put a price on. So, um, it's just really nice to, to watch them, um, that's right. Yeah. You know, we talked about that before, um, the whole uh was it rockefeller yeah. they separated kids by grades you know they they figured that they would learn by age groups because by 18 then you'd be able to get out of the house and go work and you know back in the day the schoolhouses they were all different ages you know they had the big kids helping the little kids that was the norm and being that we've got four kids and we have our own schoolhouse here you know we do have the big kids helping the little ones and so um it's just, it's really to sit back and to watch these kids together. Um, it's just really, it's a blessing just to watch them love each other. And, and that's not, I always say there's not enough love in this world. You know, they might fight like cats and dogs, but when it comes down to it, they, the, the love that they all have for one another, is just, it's amazing. And I, I really think that the homeschooling has really brought them together and brought us closer to our kids. And, you know, even Matt, he was off on Monday. He came with us when we went hiking and, you know, just doing things like that as a family. It, it's just um, it's just something you can't put a price on. And I know you had so much fun with us, didn't you? <laughs> Don't make that face. Um, no, but it, it's just, um, it, it's been a really great experience so far. And uh, I was reading an article from the Gateway Pundit the other day, and it says, in 53 Illinois schools, not a single student can do math at their grade level. That's a high number. You know, I know there's a lot of school districts and things like that, but that that says a lot about the state itself. And you got to think this is like statewide curriculum. And it says, while teachers push critical race theory and the sexualization of children in schools, academic rigor continues to slip lower and lower. The Illinois State Board of Education's recent report card is dreadful. In 30 schools in Illinois, not a single student can read at a grade level, 22 of which are in the city of Chicago. Now, I grew up in Chicago. I, I've mentioned that before. And I was lucky to go to a Catholic school. So I didn't, I wasn't part of the Chicago public school system. Um, but I do have friends who um, do have children in the Chicago public school district and the schools are, they're, they're just horrible. Uh, and it just continues to get worse. Um, and so looking at this report card, you know, like I said, most of them are uh, in Chicago and, if you've ever visited Chicago, you know that um, 
there's nice parts of Chicago and then there's a lot of parts that are not so nice. And it says, um, the absolute failure to teach even a single child to read and to do math in so many schools is yet another indictment of the state's educational system. At Wire Points, we covered in detail the failures of Illinois across the state. And I'll, I shared this link already uh, on the Casting Lots Telegram page. But this is coming right from the Illinois State Board of Education. And it just shows that, you know, these systems are just going lower and lower. They're spending more time focusing on uh, the sex education and all this other crazy stuff. And it says, and only one out of 10 kids or less can do math at the grade level in 930 schools. That's more than a quarter of all schools in the state. You know, so when we look at the big picture, we can clearly see that these schools really are failing our children. And where we live, um, the school district, it's a good district. You know, I, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it. The district itself, my complaint was always with the things that they want to teach. And, you know, it's statewide. And I know a lot of schools are opting out of the CRT and all the other things, but there's going to come a day when push is going to come to shove. And, you know, you think, oh, my kids, they're, they're not going to learn that in our schools, but they are going to in a roundabout way. You know, I was talking with Jason uh, and I think he's in here, Boilerman. Are you in here? Uh, he had said how like they're even incorporating sex ed into like math, like math equations and things like that. Like they're just trying to infiltrate every which way they can. And it's really disgusting to see it. And being that we're not actually in the classrooms with these children, we don't know what they're learning. We don't know the discussions that these teachers are having with these kids. And so, you know, being that we homeschool, I know what my kids are learning. I don't have to worry about them being, you know, shoved all this stuff down their throat. And um, like I said, Bryson, he was really behind when uh, COVID happened. He was only in kindergarten. And we had to get him caught up and he's doing such a great job now. And um, it, it's just, like I said, this was all a blessing. It really, it was. And um, I'm hoping that my kids are caught up, you know, but that's another thing we, we want to talking about like the single room school houses, like every kid learns at their own pace. And that's something too, you always have to keep in mind is that, you know, kids are going to mature at different levels they're going to learn at different levels. For me, I was always uh, a better speller in um, grammar than I was science or math. You know, my brain just worked better on that side. Um, and so it took me longer to learn math and it took me longer to understand science. And I still struggle with that. Um, but, you know, it didn't keep me from, from growing or from being the person that I am today. And you know, it's like we always want to compare our children to other children. And I think that's one of the biggest flaws in parenting is we need to stop comparing our children to other children. You know, Caden, uh, he struggled with reading and they worked with him at school and we worked with him at home. And now he is an excellent reader and he loves to read. Um, and, you know, encouraging your kids to, to want to do better. Like Bryson, now he, he tells me he used to hate reading, but now he tells me that's his favorite subject. So encouraging, you know, come on, we can do this together. Um, what about you? Like, what have you seen with Caden or Bryson or even Olivia, like growth-wise? Oh, Livy's always been good at like writing. She's artistic and stuff yes. like that, but she's really coming to her own as far as math. Oh yeah, and she doubts herself a lot. So well, that, she's yes. been very, very good. 
at uh, you know, at getting better at math. Bryson obviously is with reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always been a whiz at math. Um, oh, yeah. But like uh, the actual uh, reading portion. Caden, on the other hand, is the opposite. I mean, he's more he's more like refined now. Like where they're like still developing their uh, their personalities, per se. Oh, yeah, for sure. Caden's more more developed, and I mean he's stuck in his way, in his way. So he loves he he loves you know science, reading those mm-hmm. kind of ideas, and he just really uh, really digs into them. Like he really gets the details. Oh yeah, he's very detail oriented, and he can spit out facts about different animals, and it's amazing just. I was talking with uh, somebody earlier and we were talking about, you know, ADHD and Caden has been classified as having ADHD. And that was never a thing, you know, way back when, and all of a sudden now they want to medicate these children and and do all these things. And uh, this person I was talking with earlier named Jen. uh, Some of you may know her echoes. I love you echoes. By the way, if you're listening, Um, we were just talking and we were talking about, you know, ADHD and, it's not that they've got anything wrong with them. It's just that um, they're not interested in the subject, you know, so they lose focus. And I know I'm that way. When it's something that I love to do, like art or history, reading, writing, whatever it may be, um, like I, I, I'm focused on it and I put my all into it. When it's something that I don't like, I don't want anything to do with it. It's not that I... I can't focus. I'm just not interested. And so I think we're mislabeling these children. And of course they want to medicate them because they don't want them to be free thinkers. You know, it's like just to see the way that they handle everything. I remember when I was in middle school, I had a friend who had ADD and she had to take medication every day and it just made her like a zombie. You know, she was always very hyper. And uh, when they would medicate her, she was just like a zombie, like, and it was sad. I noticed it even then. I was just like, why do you take that? And she's like, oh, because my mom told me I have to. And it's just really sad to think that, you know, they're trying to stop these children from their full potential. You know, they're medicating them and they're not allowing them the chance to think freely and to explore. And that's one of the beauties of homeschooling is that we get to explore. We get to find out what their strengths and weaknesses are, you know, so we can focus a little bit more time Caden, he's struggling with math. Let's focus on those fractions. And and Olivia, she's doing great in math, but she just doesn't want to do it. So let's encourage her to do better. You know, like, come on, you can do this. It's super easy for you. Um, you know, and, and getting that chance to have the one-on-one and realizing what their strengths and weaknesses are so we can build on those. So like, be the best bird watcher that you can be, you know? <laughs> like, Caden, he loves his birds. It was and, like a stop and go yesterday when we were out there. And he's like, oh, wait, what's that? Yeah. And then like two more steps. Oh, look at that. Well, I heard the woodpecker were walking. And of course, they're rambling the whole time. And I'm like, stop, guys. Just stop where you're at and listen for a second. And even the little one, I had her with me up front. And I was like, what do you hear? And then they were listening. And I'm like, do you hear it? And they're like, oh, it's a woodpecker. You know, sometimes I think even just in life, we're always so busy. We don't take the time to just stop. And truly enjoy all of God's beauty. You know, he created all of this for us. And when we, we just shut up for one minute and just really focus on the things around us, we use our eyes, not our ears. Kaden had the squirrel moment when um, he saw the cardinal. 
Oh, yeah. Like talking to me, and I was like in depth conversation, and he was like, "Oh, look, Cardinal." Yeah, it was right there in the little bush, and and you know, too, it's like we got to be quiet when we're out with nature because we scare them off sometimes. So, you know, just spending that time in in peace and quiet, you know, and too, when you're out there, you you get to even with the kids, you know, you get to talk to Father and just you know thank him for all the beauty. I have always been just mesmerized by sunsets. You can ask Matt, like. We, I had the house built. uh, Yeah, with all my pictures, we had the house built, and uh, we had the front of the house facing sunsets in the. Wait, it raises in the west and raises. No, (laughs) rises. It rises in the east and sets in the west, right? But but, but I hope that's right, because your dad's. Well, whatever way, I had the house (laughs) built the right way, so we could have the sunrise in the morning and the sunset at night. And so I can look out my patio door every night and I just see all the colors, you know, the different pinks and the blues and the purples and, and all that. So, um, you know, I do, I, I'll just sit there at the, the chair right by the patio door and I'll look out and I do, I talk to God and I thank him for just this beautiful, um, world that he created for us, you know, and, the color, I'm just, like I said, I'm mesmerized by the colors and, you know, I'll get the kids to look at it and they'll be like, oh, look at that mom. So they notice these things too, you know, I think we take for granted truly all the beauty that we have. And like Steve said, I love to sit and talk to my chickens and that's a good time to pray. That's right. You know, when we get those minutes, you know, um, just admiring all of God's beauty, truly just thanking him for, for everything that he's given us. It, it's, it's soothing. It's relaxing. You know, I know a lot of us are stressed and feeling anxious, but, you know, teaching our kids that, you know, just take time to, to just truly admire God's beauty and, and thank him and talk to him. And I was talking to my dad, um, when we were raised Catholic, we had set prayers, you know, we had the, the, our father and the Hail Mary, and those were our prayers. Um, but as I've gone along my spiritual journey, um, and we used to make the sign of the cross, uh, that was a Catholic thing. And I've learned to get away from that. You know, it's like ritualistic and you need to build a relationship with God. And I'm teaching my kids that too. You know, when we pray, we thank him for, you know, just don't keep reciting the same prayer. Talk to him. Like I talk to my kids or I talk to my dad. And my dad even said that, um, you know, he, he's learned to talk to God now rather than just spit out the, our father or the Hail Mary, like talk to him and, and thank him. You have that relationship with him. And I think that's truly what he wants. And so um, having to unlearn all the things that we were taught growing up um, and I'm teaching my dad, you know, who would have thought that, you know, I'm going to be teaching my dad. My dad taught me so much about life. You know, he taught me to stand up for myself and to, you know, to do what's right and tell the truth. And my mom, you know, she, she was always (laughs) correcting me on my grammar and, you know, teaching me the right things to do and teaching me how to cook. But just because we are, you know, our parents' children doesn't mean that we can't teach them something too. And so, you know, we're always learning from each other. And, and that's, again, children, they learn, um, what you teach them, you know, and setting that good example for them and building that foundation is just so important. And um, I, I just, I'm truly blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Um, so anyways, so what was that other article you were showing me earlier? I, I sent you a couple of them. 
It was about Oklahoma. So it says that families opting for homeschool face unlawful requests, threats from education officials when attempting to withdraw children from public school. And this was from yesterday. Um, And so I remember hearing about this not too long ago. It says, despite, wait, that's in Oklahoma. Okay, it's Alabama, my bad. So it says, as more parents grow concerned with what their children are exposed to in school, many are turning to homeschool as a viable alternative. Despite Alabama's relatively lax law regarding homeschooling, some parents who have taken their children out of public school to be homeschooled have reported receiving concerning messages from school staff or school board members, some even threatening to refer parents to legal authorities. So as we've seen what was happening with COVID and, you know, these kids were having to learn at home through Chromebooks and all these other alternative ways of learning, they still wanted to be in control of, you know, everybody's education. Well, parents, I think, have realized that homeschooling isn't as scary as they thought it would be because they were home with their kids anyways during COVID. And so they're like, well, let's just pull them from the system. And so now I know in Illinois, um, a lot of moms were saying that the school districts were telling them that they had to sign these papers and these waivers and all this other crazy stuff. And I know Illinois, like Alabama, we have very lax homeschooling laws. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, that's the one good thing about this state. Um, but they're what they're doing, they're trying to trick everybody. They're trying to discourage parents from pulling their kids from these schools. And so they're trying to come after them by threatening them. Well, if you don't do this or that, you know, we're going to report you. Well, that's why it's so important. Like I, I started out this show, you know, the first episode telling everybody, make sure you know your state's laws because they are going to lie like they always do and try to discourage you from pulling your children from school. And you have to remember, these are your children. These are not their children. And you're doing the best for them. And, um, you know, it's always important to know your laws, no matter if it's homeschooling or just your state laws, city, local, whatever. Um, So uh, for us, like I said, I sent um, letters to the schools and I made them sign for them. So I knew that they received them so that they could never try to come back and say, I just pulled my kids and they're truant or, you know, anything like that. And so this is happening in other states. And so, um, you know, no, you are their parent. You don't you don't let them threaten you. And I think truly the biggest thing with them, obviously, is the money, but they're not able to indoctrinate all these children. So um, they are just, you know, they're trying every which way they can. To, to threaten us and to scare us into submission. And we've got to stand up to this. We have to put our foot down and say, no, no more. You know, they want to come for our children. You can clearly see that. And so, um, you know, these schools, they're going to keep doing, I'm sure, as time goes on, because I've noticed more and more people are uh, pulling their children from these schools. And we're learning, you know, we're seeing the, the drag story hours and you know the curriculum that they're trying to push their their sex ed education um and so yeah they're going to keep on pushing and it's about time that we parents start pushing back because we're going to lose our children you know um there was a preschool teacher she attacked the idea of childhood innocence and she claimed that toddlers are not too young for sexuality discussion excuse me 
We're talking a preschooler, my four-year-old. I would never talk to my child about those things, you know? And we're just, we're seeing this more and more. And um, she said, a California mom alleged teachers told the child that she was trans. They're literally putting these things into these children's head. William Willie Villapando works at Santa Ana College in California, where he teaches early child development. He also indicated on his Instagram that he is a pre-kindergarten educator. And it says Fox News found documentation that he worked in the Rialto Unified School District uh, pre-K division from 2016 through at least June 2021. Um and it's unclear whether he continued to work for the district for the 2022-2023 school year, um, and they refused to respond. But um, he he would attack the idea that childhood innocence was a thing, and he claimed that early childhood teachers should introduce children to gender ideology at the youngest ages. You know, we're talking three- and four-year-old pre-K, you know, and they literally putting this into these little little people's heads and it's just, how do we fight this? You know, we can't, you know, you see all these moms, they would go to the districts and they would fight and then they're being labeled domestic terrorists for standing up for their children. Um, so what do you do? You pull them, you pull them from school. You know, I see so many people, well, we live in a good district. Yeah, but it doesn't matter the district because you got to look at the curriculum. And I know a lot of schools, they try to hide it from the parents, you know, why would they need to hide their curriculum if they weren't doing anything wrong? You know, here, let me play this video. Um, this is the California mom who alleged that teachers told oh, child that she was trans. Which thing? The, the cell phone thing. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I won't play the video, but I'll share this in the chat. It's just, it's really disgusting to just see like get in the minds of these people. And if you look at them and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to judge, but you can just look at somebody and you can just tell that they don't have the best uh, intentions for our children. You know, uh, this teacher, he said on another occasion, I'm tired of the childhood innocence argument. Stop blaming a phenomenon that doesn't exist. <laughs> what? Children as young as three and four, they need to be learning um, how to color. They need to be learning their ABCs. They need to be learning their shapes. They don't need to be learning that they can choose to be a boy if they want tomorrow, if they're a girl. And it says he went on and attacked the idea that children shouldn't be exposed to sexuality, claiming that such a view is very white, Christian, upper class, cisgendered, and heterocentric. What? What does that even mean? Is this even English? Not talking about queerness in the classroom is not letting children be children. It's telling those people they do not deserve to exist. Kids are never too young. This is what he said in September 2021. Like, but he doesn't have kids of his own. Right. And that's the thing. A lot of these people do not have children of their own. And they're teaching our children. They're raising our children to think like this. You know, and... I just, I don't even know. Like, I don't know what I would do. Like, what would you do if Finn was in preschool and somebody was teaching her this? Like, what, how do you even react to that? I can't say because. <laughs> Legally, you can't say. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's very, very scary to see like what this world is coming to. And I think back to when I was in school, you know, uh, even in public school, 
we moved from Chicago and then we went to the suburbs and we went to, I went to a good public school there, but um, I don't remember talking about any of this stuff, you know? So I'm trying to figure out like, when did this start? Was this just like a couple years ago? Was this 10 years? Was this under Obama? I feel like this was under Obama. I really, I don't know. How do you pinpoint that? Like, has this always been a thing? We just didn't see it. You know, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I, I can't even fathom the idea of teaching somebody so little about any of these kinds of things. Let's work to deconstruct some of our own biases. Oh, mentally, they got to be something wrong with them. I mean, pardon me, but it's, it's hard enough explaining to like a four-year-old, you know, how to, how to button their pants or right. how, to, how to zip them up or you know, how to put their shoes on. Mm-hmm. And then trying to actually describe, you know, sexuality and, and gender and all this. I mean, maybe if, hey, that's a boy, that's a girl, but they don't stop there. No, well, like Wade said, it's a communist agenda and America isn't on the winning end of that plan. You know, and that's true. If we keep letting things go this way, we're never going to win this. Uh, and that's why it is so important that, you know, we gain control we get control back of our children and we do that by bringing them home. And, you know, Conley, he had a really good show yesterday and um, it was just, it really had me think, you know, when I was a mom, first time mom, you know, just had Caden, I didn't want to be a stay at home mom. That was never my goal. I never wanted to, to be at home and raising the kids. I wanted to be a working mom and I wanted to um, go out and make money and have my kids go to school. And Little Red Rocking Chair was on yesterday and it, it just, it really got my mind thinking. And it was like, I, I had that idea that this is what I was supposed to do, right? And now I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful that God gave me this opportunity to be able to raise my kids. And when you really, you look at the big picture and you see what's happening, now I understand why he did what he did. You know, God had other plans for me. You know, I, I thought I knew best and I fought it. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to go back to work. And um, because I started working when I was 15 and, you know, that was just something work hard and play hard, you know. And I was like, I'm not working hard. I got a kid. And then I had two kids and then I had three and then four. I'm like, okay, I am working hard. Even though I don't get paid, you know, I'm still, I'm working hard. And, um, I don't have somebody else raising my kids. I don't have these cisgendered people raising my children and telling them what they have to do and what they have to learn. They're not even learning education anymore. They're just pushing their, their agenda on our children. That's the problem. That's why these kids are like in Illinois, they're so far behind in reading and in math is because we're not focusing on those things that kids should be learning. Instead, we're focusing on queer and, and LGBTQ and what kind of gender we're going to be today. And let's be a furry and poop in a litter box. Like this is literally what they're teaching children. Like, could you imagine a grown adult bringing a litter box to their office and just popping a squat right there, like in the middle of the office? Like what are the, I don't get it. I really do not get it. Like, I just, I don't know, this whole world is just falling apart. And it's, um, 
Like what kind of adults are these children going to be? That That's where I'm at right now. You know, we, we're just looking at the here and now. It's like a science experiment. That's truly exactly what it is. What are these children going to be like? I think you're seeing kind of like the effects of it nowadays. I mean, being a, what, what my job pertains to. I mean, I see it in the generations below us. Lack of work work ethic is not there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no work ethic at all. And this isn't like hard maintenance jobs either. I mean, it's like they're not busting uh, their butts doing, you know, heavy labor. It's, you know, problem solving and thinking. Well, yeah, and that's and just it's like it. If Google doesn't have the answer, then they're completely screwed. Well, and that's what I'm saying. So if our, like we were talking about when we were going on the hike, if we don't have our cell phones to show us, to guide us how to get back, we have to know those are just skills that we need to have mm-hmm. to teach our children because Google is not always going to be there. You know, no. MapQuest or not MapQuest, Maps, well, Google Maps. I know. <laughs> that's all right. Um, but it, and that's another thing. Like, let's have an actual map. Like when we went to, I, I make this a habit, when we go to these different places and we're you know, hiking and going on different trails, I take a picture of the map that's there because they always have a big map on this like wooden display and so i take a picture of the map so that i have it in case i do get lost and i don't have internet at least i have a picture of the map you know so we can figure out okay well this is where we started and this is here and this and there you know and so and that's another thing teaching our children how to read paper maps is very important Mm -hmm. i've got a big atlas of all the states and then i've got an atlas of illinois so you know we can teach our children this is how we use a map you don't have Google. You don't have the internet. Leave the, the, the devices at home and let's just find our way through this. You know, like, well, it's reverse thinking, right? Like nowadays, like I can do that. I can pull my phone out because I know in the back of my mind, I know how to navigate out of the woods. You right? do. I know how to, right? But like that's the differential is I learned how all of this. I learned how to read map, use compass, all that when I was a kid. Well, that's like and, Faith said. She said a compass, too. Always yeah. have a compass and maps. And then, you know, understanding sunset, you know, and general cardinal directions and just look, being able to look at stuff out in the woods and retract your steps and all that good stuff. Well, that's why and, I, but I said like, the other day I had the sun. I knew which direction we were headed. I parked yeah. facing the sun, so I knew we had to head that way. That's how we get back. Yeah. But, like, I'm just like, but, like, nowadays the kids, they learn, they, they don't understand, like, I understand, like the internet's like a tool, mm-hmm. right? It's not a key source of learning. I mean, it, it, it's I'm refining techniques or learning techniques for the first time, and then I'm repracticing them over and over again. So that way, I don't have to go back Repetition. to the internet. Yeah, right. And same thing. And, uh, and but I understand, like I can I use that sometimes when I go out. I don't take my phone out, you know, or I walk out in the woods or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, or go go on a run, you know. Yeah, well, the kids like to go on a run with you, and, you know, you, that is. Understanding landscape and terrain and all that right. other stuff. And then I, and I know that, okay, I've built that, that, that life skill, and I've refined it to a certain point where I feel comfortable using it, right? And that allows me to pull out this phone now. And, but I don't think that the kids have got it nowadays. Like, if the internet went off tomorrow, like, population <laughs> itself would be, would be ground zero. Right. I mean, Gertrude, you know, that's, uh, you know, this came from the, you know, the way day is going to be good. They're going to understand right. like, hey, I need to light some candles to get some some light. Uh, you know, I need to wrap up in blankets, this kind of stuff. If I'm dealing with extreme cold, uh, 
the the generation that's not attuned to that, and I, or the individuals, I would say. I don't even want to classify gender uh, generation. I just want to say like a a uh, you know those individuals that are just attuned to nothing but the internet. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna know what the heck to say. They're going to be like, oh, they're gonna sit there and say, hey Google and hey Siri, and they're just gonna freeze to death. What are they gonna do when Siri and Google are gone? <laughs> well, Jason joined uh, us. Hey, Jason. Hey there. Uh, you're you're exactly right. It's um you know and um as far as uh, the kids in school right now are completely relying on technology. It's something I fought with my um I fought with my uh, middle schooler is is that well why do I need to learn that I can just look it up or you know why do I need to understand how that works because you know I got my 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 phone or whatever and um you know. It, the, our whole society has been has been conditioned and driven, you know, to to trust on, you know, to trust on that technology. And it, it's it's letting something else think for you. You know, it's kind of that transhumanist uh, transhumanist agenda because um, and it's, um, you know, it's, you know, you, they hand it they hand a kid a tablet in, you know, first grade and that becomes how they learn is just to look things up, you know, and not to, not to be critical thinkers and not to learn how to, to do that stuff on, you know, on their own. Well, you're exactly right. You know, that's why I, I told Matt, like when we went hiking, you know, I had my phone on me, obviously in case there was an emergency. However, I didn't pull it out. And I told the kids like, you know, we can't panic. That's the one thing I think, especially with this younger generation, it's like, they want to panic. Well, I guess that's, that's common with any child, I guess, but, you know, learning how to use your surroundings and, you know, God gave us all the tools we needed, you know, and man created more, you know, to better our lives. And, you know, even like now with technology, we're able to do this podcast and we're able to help other people out and that's great. But when things do happen and let's just say, even if the internet goes out or the lights go out, you know, we have a storm, you still have to be able to know how to survive and, um, you don't have Google to ask. And that's why for me, uh, I love books. I love how-to books. I love, you know, I've got a whole little library here at home and I'm like, well, if the internet ever does go out and we don't get it back, you know, for months or whatever, I've got books to keep me busy. And, you know, reading is just so fundamental, um, just for every aspect of life. You learn that way and, you know, it, 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 it just grows your mind and it helps, um, you know, just expand your knowledge and, and helps you to think freely. And um, oh, sure, reading reading is a is a foundation for any homeschool um, for for any homeschooling you're doing because um, your your kids being able to to read and learning to love to read is um, um, half your battle is over um, at that point once you have them once you have them in, the, in it with their nose in a book. I I was fortunate that um, that my son. Um, even before he was a homeschooler, because I pulled him out, you know, his eighth grade year. Um, I was fortunate that even before that, he was a good reader and um, had good reading comprehension and liked to read. And so that made it much easier for me as a single parent um, to be able to write out a lesson plan and say, okay, you're going to read these pages from here to here, and you're going to do these problems. And, um, and you're going to, um, I'm going to have you, you know, you're going to, you're going to read these, you know, six chapters and then you're going to give me a, a synopsis or, you know, and write a small report on, on what, you know, you know, you ask him a few questions. And, and that was, 
um, it, just to be able to, to get his um, his comprehension up. And, you, you know, with Common Core and the things they're teaching in the schools, man, just like that article that you posted or you were talking about earlier about, um, you know, 53 schools in Illinois who who where, where none of the students can do math at their grade level. You know, it's um, it's even it's even worse when it comes to reading comprehension, because, um, you know, we have we have students that are graduating high school that can't read you know, or can't read below above like a second grade level. And how, how is that education? It, it's not, it, 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 it's not education in any sense of the word. It goes with their plan though. They don't want you to be able to know how to read. They don't want you to think for yourself. You just do what you're told and shut up. And that's what they want. You know, yeah. this is all design. You know, I know yeah, you were talking about you know the, the life life skills. You know, Matt was talking about reading the map and reading the compass. You know, and um, you know, I, we we lived in. I had a nice house in you know a town of you know sixty thousand people, and it was, I I was in the suburbs, and it was and it was nice, and you know central heat and air and everything. And um, we moved back to my parents' house in uh, a little town of two hundred eighty people, and they don't have central heat and air. They do have a window mount air conditioner. Um, but it can get up to 100 degrees or more sometimes here in the summer. And so um, in the, at nighttime, we open the windows up and let the nice, cool air, you know, you know, in, in, in the summer come into the house. And then you get up when the sun, before the sun comes up and you close the windows. And then you only run that air conditioner, that little window mount in the one room, you know, where it's comfortable for, um, you know, a few hours in the middle of the day when it gets really hot and we don't have uh, a furnace we have a, a wood stove and um you know so my son's had to this uh this year we've lived here that's one has been one of his chores and and he man he complained about it and he had to bring wood in the house every day and like, you know that's like well do you want to have heat that's you know well why can't we you know how, how come it doesn't doesn't have central heat and air it says well not all houses have central heat and air I mean, a greater majority of the world doesn't have central heat in there. So, you know, it's been a it's been an eye opening experience for him. It's been a good one, but it's been it's, it's been a learning curve, you know. So um, um, we get we get used to a lot of um, we get used to a lot of uh, accoutrements and um, and um, things in our lives that are um, we, we, we sometimes think they're necessities when they're, they're really not. Oh, no, you're right. You think about all these third world countries. And I was talking with Jen earlier and we're talking about clay. Um, and there was this video that I saw and I don't know which country it was, it was somewhere in the Middle East and they preserved their food through clay. They would make these clay like biscuits almost and they put the fruit in it and then it hardened around it. Afghanistan. It yep. It, it, like fresh grapes. I, I saw I saw a video of that too. It would, it would keep fresh grapes for like six months or, or nine months and they would be just as fresh when they pulled them out of the uh, out of those clay um, biscuits as they were when they were put in. Yes, I saw you know, that. That's a lost technology. Yeah, that is amazing. And actually, I don't want to give it away, but we're going to have Echoes Jen on next week. And she's going to talk a little bit about all that. And she taught me so much today. I, we talked for like almost two hours and it was just amazing. I felt like I've known her like my whole life. Oh, she's um, amazing. Yes. And I, I was telling her, I don't think I met her at Barnsfest, but um, so she's going to come on and we're going to talk more about that. And, and, you know, that's a lost art and that's something that we've got like 
this thing in the works. I, oh, I can't wait to talk about it. But um, so yeah, there's just things like that. We have to know we're getting our wood stove. Um, they're putting hopefully next week, they're going to put the, the pipe in the chimney in next week. And God's been kicking me in the butt about it. Like, come on, Tiff, you got to get with it. You got to get this put in. And I, I just, I feel it. And I know it's coming. And like you said, you heat your house with yours. And we've got central air and central heat. And I don't think it, it's always going to be that way. And so um, my dad, he came in and he helped build the foundation. And we put the bricks up and everything. And we got the the wood burning stove. And now we're just waiting to get it, you know, the other, the last part of it done. And so, you know, we can cook on it and we can make clay pots. There is nothing, I, I, if you have never experienced wood heat, um, there is nothing like wood heat to warm your bones. It is, um, it, it, it is, um, it, it, it might take a little bit of work to, you know, get, get your fire going. But once you have a fire going um, in, in, a, in a wood stove, um, there is, there's absolutely no other heat in the middle of winter when it's snowy outside that feels more comfortable than a, a, a good fireplace with a good draft or a good wood stove with a good draft. That's uh, if you haven't experienced it, you, you won't know until you do. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I love the sound of the crackling fire. Like the kids, they love, you know, when we go camping and things and having the fire pit. And I just feel like there's just something like so just natural about that, you know, and I'm not complaining. I'm so grateful for all that God has given me, but I would like to turn the heat off and just see like, how is this going to heat our house? And can we make, you know, like a, a beef stew on it? You know, things like that, teaching the kids how to do things like that, I think is just, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be yeah. like, it's so different, you know, and, and I tell Matt all the time about Scott talks about going back to move forward. And I feel like, you know, these are just things that teaching the kids even how to start the fire in the house. Obviously, we're going to be watching and not let them do it on their own. But um, just having that, it, it just it feels right. You know, so I'm excited. Yeah, I some can't wait to some of us who grew up, some of us who grew up here out here in the sticks, you know, we, we that's that's just how we grew up. You know, um, my my dad was a logger. And um, for a number of years when I was in uh, in middle school and high school, um, we had a big old army canvas wall tent that was uh, up in the mountains with a plywood floor in it and a barrel stove that we cooked on. Um, and we had a, you know, we had a propane camp stove too, but we lived in the mountains for, you know, five or six days out of the, out of the week and come home to shower and grocery up and, and uh, you know, fill the ice chest and um, went back up to the mountains. And so I grew up with, with wood heat and, and learning all of those things. And, uh, it's, it's interesting to see just in, you know, one generation, how we've lost it. So those are great skills we can teach our kids. I'm, I'm excited for Bards Fest because I really hope that we get to do, um, some of those classes and some of those, those breakout sessions and talk about gardening and, and talk about those life skills that are, you know, are becoming lost and and to reawaken them in communities because um you know like you said you know who, who knows when the lights are gonna or the internet's gonna turn off yeah i i don't know if you listened to duncan's show yesterday but they were talking about all the different gifts and talents that we have and how you know the bible tells us that we're meant to to share those with others you know god gave us these gifts like i i'm good with kids god sent me here for the kids so now i have to teach others how you know, how to homeschool. And that's why I started the homeschooling podcast. And um, 
that's what God told me to do. So that's what I'm doing. And being able to help other people, to encourage other people, that's truly what God put on my heart. You know, th this is why I'm here. And so, um, you know, you sharing your your love for gardening and, and having your homestead and, and homeschooling, you know, like being able to share with other people to homeschool. I didn't even know where to start and I didn't even know who to turn to um, to find out where to start. And so, of course, I used all handy Google, but, um, you know, I, I'm learning still. I'm still learning, even though we're three years into this, I'm still learning new techniques and um, we're going to start doing a co-op. Um, we've got something planned with some of the local moms and I'm so excited for that too, you know, um, and you, you keep growing, you keep learning and you keep growing and nobody is meant to do it right the first time. And I think that was always my, I'm, you know, your own worst critic. And I was so hard on myself. I'm not doing this right. And I, I had a lot of teary eyed nights and Lord, just show me, what do you need me to do? How do I do this? Can you help me? And um, learning to unschool, literally learning to unschool, get that out of your mind that they have to sit for eight hours a day at a table doing workbooks is just, no, that's not it. You know? Right. No, nope, it's so, not. You know, it's like we, we talked about on Schooling Scholars a couple, you know, last week is that, you know, part of the joy of being a being a homeschooling parent is that you get to learn along with your kids and you're learning. There's some things that you learn together and you grow together and you're not, you know, um, stuck in a job where you're working eight or 10 hours a day and your kids are stuck in um, in school for eight or 10 hours a day. Um, there are things that you get to do and learn um, together and it and it helps you your, your relationship with your kids and you get to get to grow closer and you get to, um, you know, um, you get to understand what their strengths and their weaknesses are and help them through them. And you find out what your strengths and weaknesses are and you get to grow as well and learn. So it's that's, it's it's all part of the journey and something definitely something that's been lost in our culture. And it's, it's, oh, it's, I, 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 I'm so happy. I'm so happy that there's been an explosion um, since COVID. Like you said, COVID was, uh, you know, was, was horrible for everyone and it, and it has been, but at, at the same time, um, it was, it was a blessing for those of us who um, that's what it took to get us to uh, say, uh, no, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with this system. I'm going back to um, doing things the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Like Faith Renee said, the best part of her job is teaching the younger people how to bake. So it's satisfying, especially when they get it. You know, and that that's the thing with myself. I was never a baker. I could cook, but I could never bake. I just I tried making a cake one time and it came out like cornbread. I don't even know how that happened, but I was just like, I can't do that. And then COVID kind of forced us to to learn, you know, we're bored and we can't go anywhere. Everything's locked down. Um, so what can we do? So we learned to bake and making cinnamon rolls. And now my youngest boy, he makes bread with me. And speaking of, I got to do my sourdough. Um, but, you know, just learning. I'm learning how to do sourdough. And of course, it's not going to come out right the first time, you know, but we learn with our children. Like you said, we're it's all a big learning process. We're teaching them. We're learning. They're learning. They're teaching us things like I said, I, you know, it's teaching my dad things and my mom. And that's just the way it is. And so sharing all of these gifts that we have with other people. Um, you know, I don't have any like family traditions that were ever passed down to me. And I'm making traditions with my children. You know, I'm teaching them different things. Um, and that's something that should be passed down over, you know, generation after generation. And 
That's yeah, I think that's something that it's it's one of the lessons that was in the Old Testament. Um, there was a number of times that you know, well, God said, um, you know, you write you write these, you know, keep 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 my commandments in front of you. And there was a number of times, like when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land, and and uh, the priests walked into the river with the ark, and um, the leaders of each tribe picked up a a stone out of the middle of the river, and they made a monument um, to uh, to commemorate the Lord taking them from the wilderness into the promised land. Um, and there's there's story after story in the Old Testament where God says, do this because it helps you to remember what who you are and what I've done for you. And I think that that's one of the things we're doing as homeschoolers uh, or homeschooling, you know, families is, is that we're, we're getting back to that because we're we're building those traditions and we're, um, we're, we're making those, um, those monuments, whether, you know, whether it's a holiday tradition or whether, like you said, you know, your, your, your son learning how to bake bread. How many, how many kids his age know how to, you know, bake a loaf of bread, you know, and it's awesome. Yes. And the fruit of your labor is just, you can't even put a price in that. Like having homemade, like fresh bread is just, Oh, I love. I don't even like store bought bread anymore. The kids like it for sandwiches, but when you have a stew or a chili or something, having that homemade fresh bread is just—you—it's amazing. You can't, you know, until you've yep. done it, you don't yep. truly understand. So, yeah, and well, sourdough's a journey. You're gonna learn. You're you're gonna learn. I know you're starting. You're starting it right now, but uh, it takes years to perfect. Um, I've been doing it for a couple year for a few years, and I I got a buddy who's even f- phenomenally better than I am. So it'll be fun. You'll you'll enjoy it. Oh gosh, I don't even know. Like I'm, how do I even know if it's right? I don't know. We're we're gonna learn, but. Um, well, Jason, thanks for calling in. It's already 701. I know everybody's going to try to hop over to Conley's show. Um, so um, would you like to close us in prayer? Sure. No problem. I would, I'd be honored to. Uh, Father, thank you for this time that we've uh, got to spend together on the podcast. Um, for those that are listening live, Lord, and those who are listening later, I just pray that you bless each and every one of us. Um, Lord, uh, for those that are homeschooling, Lord, just keep us encouraged in what we're doing um, because um, it's something that we're, uh, that, that you're called to. Um, and, uh, I just pray that Lord, for those that, uh, that are, uh, thinking about doing it or, are are on the fence, like we, we've, we've prayed before, Lord, just give them strength and encouragement and, um, help us to, um, to understand that, um, the things that are in society that are teaching our kids, um, are, are, are indoctrinating our kids, not teaching them, um, that, that we need to get our kids out of that. And, um, that there are so many other ways that, um, that our children can learn other than, um, from a book and from a curriculum. Um, they're, you know, like we've been talking about baking and, 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 uh, bushcraft and reading the map and, and everything else, or all of those things, um, help, um, our kids to become full, well-rounded, um, um, you know, little people and, uh, being a homeschool parent, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of all of what it's about. So I pray that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd bless us, Lord, that uh, you strengthen and encourage us, um, that you'd help us to remember that, uh, first and foremost, that you're the main thing and that we keep our eyes on you, um, and that we seek after you and, um, and, and everything else will spring from that. And so, uh, I just pray that you'd bless everyone. Um, and, um, thank you for this time we got to spend together in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining again. It's always great to have no, you no on. Problem. It's oh, nice I, 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 uh, 
I was busy doing something else. I didn't catch, did the catch like the first 15 minutes, but I was, I was listening. And then I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just call in again and, you know, just say hi to oh, everybody. Love having you on, you know, it, like I said, it's just always nice to have, you know, somebody else's perspective and share, you know, um, it's just, it's all trial and error, you know, just like with anything. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot from you, like that show we did last week, that was amazing. You know, there's just so much information and we've got to get it out there. And, uh, so yeah, thanks again. Um, and all those who are saying about the recipes, if you would please share them with me because I, Ryan, no, I did not make my bread yet. I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to try it out and see what happens. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to taste this bread. I'm going to have Matt taste it first. And if he kills over, then I know it's not good. So yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll send you I'll send you some sourdough links, Punky. Um, so, some that were shared with me by my friend who's better than I am at doing it. They helped me a lot. So. Yeah, so all right. Well, yeah, I'd appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us again tonight. I know things kind of, we had a change of plans at the last minute, but we made it work and, you know, God does what he does best. So uh, thanks again for joining and I hope you all have a blessed night and don't forget to hop over to Conley's show. He's on right now. So thanks again. God bless. Love you all. We've lived in a lie ever since the formula bottle. Decent, sitized, everything we knew about our problems. And now we're all roaming the land, saying, How did this big lie start? It's time to put our faith in Him, cause it's gone too far. Oh, I believe he died for me and for everyone. Anything can be achieved when you count on God. Who's gonna take the lead by putting the life on life? Who's gonna show the children what is wrong and what is right? Who's gonna take the of Christ washes every sin by the minute the sheep are blind all because their mind is a prison and now they're all roaming the land saying how did this big lie start it's time they put their faith in him cause it's gone too far oh I believe he died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on life Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on life Show the children what is wrong.
Children, what is wrong and what is right? 